This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're starting a new series today. Emotional freedom. Your emotions can dominate you or you can control them. But it's important that we know what the Bible says about our emotions. And, you know, really... It goes to your thoughts. Your thoughts start affecting your heart and your emotions, and then it affects your decisions. So we want to make sure that we do the scriptural thing and we have these emotions in line. Those negative emotions can be very destructive to your life. can affect your, affect your physical life, uh, your, your body, health, everything about you, relationships. So we need to know what the Word says about our emotions. Anybody in here got emotions? Anybody don't have emotions? Glenn, put your hand down. <laughs> and, and let me say this too, that when I, I speak on this, um, I'm not saying that you never have one of these negative emotions, but what you want to do is make those emotions be for a moment where you get quicker and quicker in, in taking authority over that thing. And, and this is just an introduction today. We'll get into the details of how to do that. But the, the main thing is the quicker you can recognize it, apply the word to it, instead of magnifying it and building a monument to it. You know, if you magnify, wherever you magnify becomes bigger in your eyes. You know, we're to magnify the Lord, not that we make the Lord bigger, but we make Him bigger in our eyes. So we magnify Him, but it, even doctors have said if you magnify the negative emotions or those situations, circumstances that are bringing out those negative emotions, that it magnifies it. And that even, it can become not even realistic, it can become bigger than it really was because it was magnified. Good thing about God, you can magnify him all you want and you still, he's unlimited. You still haven't scratched the surface. So we need to get these emotions in line and not be like I used to be during sports. If my team lost, I was not any fun to be around for a while. I, I, I wish I could say an hour or two. No. It would be days. I was controlled by a little ball with air in it. Infected people around me. I've told this before, but when the basketball team was playing for the national championship, I got so upset at the referee, which he did make some sorry calls, I think it was set up for UCLA to beat us. But anyway, got some agreement here, even though Lou's a big UCLA fan. He's going, yeah, it was a setup. <laughs> anyway, I put my chair through my fish aquarium. Did not touch the floor to get up these gallons of water on the floor or fish flopping around. No, I'm going to mess with it until the game's over. You kidding me? I've been delivered. 
and God used the University of Memphis football team. Now, So what I want to tell you, you can have, you don't have to have a bad temper day. You don't have to have a discouraging day. You don't have to have a depression day. God wants us to be free that we can get the truth and apply the truth and let those thoughts, let those emotions rise up within us. So it's important that we, we get these things under control. Society is full of worry right now, full of fear. Uh, there's fear of of your health, there's fear for your children, there's fear of terrorists, fear of the stock market, fear of finances, fear of your job, fear of getting old, fear of whatever, all these different things. But the Bible says we're to be worry-free. Say worry-free. And actually when you get down to it, we'll look at worry is a sin. Worry is wrong. It's a sin. It's not normal for the Christian. And worry is an offspring of fear. It's really a form of fear. Worry operates always about a negative situation or maybe anticipating something's going has happened or going to happen. It's always about the unknown. Fear. Worry. And yet the, the scriptures are very clear. We're not to worry. We're not to be troubled. In fact, we're to be cheerful. We're to have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You want to be strong? You've got to meditate. You've got to think about the right things. And we can choose what we're thinking about. But anyway, let me give you the definition. It's Webster's Dictionary. Worry means mental distress or agitation resulting from something impending or anticipated or your mind and emotions are suffering. There's this anticipation of bad, of negative. There's worry. We worry when our kids leave home. You know, they go to college, wherever, there's this there's this worry about them because you're not there. But you have to apply the word and says, God, you're there. God, you're with them. And you can take care of whatever they're facing. But when we say, what's going to happen? I don't know if, if I can make it. What am I going to do? These are all worry and fear. And the Bible tells us it's not to be a part of our lives. Some synonyms for worry is agonize, fret, be anxious, be concerned, be troubled, apprehensive, nervous, fearful. It's the opposite of faith. Faith is our reaction to what God has said. Faith is our response to what the Word says. We need to agree with what God says. It's a higher truth than whatever you're facing. Wherever that thing is you're facing, there is a promise of the Word of God that supersedes and overwhelms that circumstance. That you can look and see what God says and have joy and have peace. I mean, you want peace. And whatever you need to do, you do it. If you have to turn off the news, you have to stop looking at all those um, people there fleeing Syria and, and, and 
that, that area fleeing and no place to lay their head and then suffering, Christian suffering. Well, we do. We pray for them. We lift them up. But God's called you to peace. I believe God can give them peace. Even in the midst of what's going. People who worry are more self-conscious than God-conscious. We're thinking about self. Fear is a reaction from the mind or emotions based on something, your circumstances, or the devil has said. So we don't want to be, be fearful. We want to be God-conscious. We want to be, have our thinking in line with what he says. There's many opportunities to worry. There's many opportunities to be fearful, to be anxious, to be nervous, to be upset. But we're to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We're to have peace in the midst of the seas that are troubled. We're to have peace in the midst of the giant shaking this hand at us and this voice roaring at us. But we say our God is mighty and he's defeated you. We don't compare ourselves to the giant. We compare our God to the giant. And our God is much bigger than any giant or any situation that you'll ever face. That gives us peace. But we have to make some choices. In Genesis 18 verse 17, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham which he has spoken to him. Notice, keep the way of the Lord. Keep the way of the Lord where God can bless him. You know, God has his way. And we need to get on his way. The world has its way. The devil has his way. But we need God's way. Because God's way is blessed. But Abraham here is a picture of grace. It's an Abrahamic covenant, but it's before the law. It says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It's, it's believing and receiving. That's grace. And that's the reason it's called the everlasting covenant. Because it's a covenant outside the bounds of the law. It's the grace. A covenant still going on. But he's saying the way of the Lord. Way means course of life or, or mode of action. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 31, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. For He who is God, who, for who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. He makes my way Perfect. I like that. He makes my way perfect. Notice it didn't say you're perfect. It says he's perfect and he will make your way perfect. That means all I have to do is agree I'm going your way, God. If you said it, that settles it. That's my final answer. Send a million dollars. I'm going God's way because his way is blessed. His way causes abundant life. Why would I choose any other way? The way of the Lord. His way. 
And I want you to know he has a way for your marriage. He has a way for your finances. He has a way for your relationships. He has a way for your purpose, your, your business. He has a way for your emotions. He has a way, a perfect way for your emotional freedom, your emotional peace, your emotional life. He has a way. And we have to get and understand his way. It's revealed through his word. His word is his will and his way. You can just look to heaven and know what's not his way for emotions. Do you know there's no one in heaven that's depressed? Do you know there's no one up there in anger or having a temper tantrum? There's no one up there frustrated or full of anxiety and anxious and nervous and overburdened and overwhelmed. No, not in heaven. But His will is to be done in earth as it is in heaven. Where is His will in the earth done? Through His children, through His people, through us. We're the ones that live out the way it is there through our lives. And that's the influence, the impact on other people around us when we do that. When we do things His way. This up and down Christian, roller coaster Christian. He wants us to be at peace and have stability and strength. The strength of our days. The word of God. The wisdom of God. Romans 14, 23 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Dealing with those emotions is a place of faith. You don't see anything change. But you're to have peace in the midst of it. You're to put your, your faith in Him. So it's an expression of faith. In Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Say anything. It says not to worry about anything. That's what God's Word says. So if you're in worry, you're disobeying what the Scripture says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow, it's a powerful verse. He's warning us. Really, he's, he's, he, he could be shouting, Don't worry. This is a, a warning. Let me... Tell you, it will hurt you. It will bite you. It will come against you. Don't worry. Pray. I can handle it. Give it to me. And I'm not going to give you peace based on circumstances or anything in this world. I'm not going to give you peace based on the stock market. I'm not going to give you peace based on campaigns, people running for president. I'm not going to give you peace because of anything man can do. I'm going to give you a peace that supersedes anything that can come in the natural. I'm going to give you a peace so powerful that you won't worry. Who has peace like that? God knows it's God's peace. He's going to give you His peace. How many know God's not worried? He's never had a, a worried day in His life. How long's his life? It's always been. It's never happened. He's never gone, 
I'm worried today, Gabriel. I know it's been a million years, but you know, today I'm, I'm worried. I look down there in the United States and I'm really, I'm, I'm really worried. I'm, I'm just feeling a little nervous. Uh, is anybody at the, the hospital down there? Do you know today if anybody's down there? I think I'm going in. Jesus, you're the doctor. Oh, yeah, that's right. His peace. It's available. You can have so much peace on you that people think you're in denial. Think you're messed up. Say, so what are you on? You must be on some kind of drug or something. What's wrong with you? Aren't you upset? Don't you know what they did to you? I'm upset for you. Aren't you upset? No. I just really don't care. I could care less about what they did. I'll say, I have the peace of God. Say, the peace of God. He says, don't worry. Don't be troubled. Don't be anxious about anything. Worry is not normal for the Christian. It's abnormal. Don't be an abnormal Christian. Be normal. And don't worry. You can't worry and be humble at the same time. That's in your notes. You can't worry and be humble at the same time because worry is rooted in pride. And I'm going to show you this. In 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And notice he says, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. When you're casting all your cares upon him, that means you are carefree. Say carefree. What does carefree mean? It means untroubled, lighthearted, relaxed, cheerful, or free from care. God wants you to be worry-free, carefree. Well, Pastor, that's great. I'm, just, I'm carefree. I'm quitting my job. I'm heading for a beach somewhere. I'm just going to live on the sand. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the midst of that workplace where everybody's treating you ugly. You're lighthearted and cheerful because you have the peace of God. I'm going to run from all responsibility. I'm going to find a cave and hide in it. Oh, I need to order my supply of survival food. And the Bible says, as we approach that day, don't go hide in the caves. You can send a check to Church of the Harvest. I just saved you much money not buying all that survival stuff. Well, Pastor, I don't believe anybody's buying it. They're buying it big time. Besides this, when they find that you got the food supply, guess where they're going? God's telling us He wants us to live a carefree life, but it all starts with verse 6, where it says, Therefore, humble yourselves. In order to humble yourself, you read this under my hand, God, that he may exalt you in due time. How do you humble yourself? 
casting all your care upon him. It is being humble when I say, Lord, I give you this care. When I trust you to take care of this. When I hand it off to him, that's being humble. If I hang on to it, I'm being prideful. When I hang on to it, I'm actually saying, God, I know you said to give this care to you, but you know what? I just don't think you can handle this one. I'm going to take it. And you just put yourself on the throne. And you make a very bad God. In fact, as soon as you touched the throne, you fell off. <laughs> Help! I can't get up. Living carefree while walking with the Lord is a true sign of humility. And your next one there, living your life in constant worry is a sign you're operating in pride. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low but the humble in spirit will retain honor. When we get into worry and we're getting into pride, we start to go down. It says that God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He has to resist or stand back because you're operating in a distrust of Him. You're operating in a place that says, this is too big for you, God. But when you humble yourself, you give him the care, it says grace flows. Grace comes to the humble. So we don't want to be prideful. We want to be a humble people and the graceful flow to us. We're in that position that we can't receive from God because we're full of pride. And this can sneak up on us. Very easily, we can start worrying about things and, and, and start taking on things ourselves when God wants us to give it to Him. Because He says, I will care for you. I will take care of you. It says that He will exalt us in due time. Exalt here means to elevate or lift up. Elevate or lift up. Why do you need to be elevated or lifted up? Or should I say, what do you need to be elevated or lifted up out of? You're lifted up out of the very thing that's weighing you down, that's causing you to be tempted to worry, that's causing you to be anxious, causing you to be hopeless and want to give up and quit. That very thing that's weighing you down, God says he will exalt you and lift you up out of it. You'll be above it with the peace of God looking down on it. And when you do that, God's grace comes and God is able to move and change situations and get into circumstances and affect it for change. But see, when we stay down here, we're forcing things. We're trying to make it happen. That's why it was when God was stirring my heart. I, was, I knew it was called the ministry. And I'm going, why doesn't anybody recognize me? Somebody would come, uh, guest ministry, and prophesy, they prophesied to everybody but me. So what's wrong with these people? 
What's wrong with my pastor? Don't they see? Don't they know? And then finally, the Lord said, when are you going to put your trust in me? And stop putting your trust in man. So, that's right. They didn't realize what I was doing. And he said, if you trust me, I'll have you speak and minister to the nations. In fact, I'll have you prophesy to the nations. And they're going, okay, sure. I said, you know what? I'm going to serve. I don't care. I'm going to serve the man of God. I'm going to serve my church. I don't care if I stay there the rest of my life. You know my heart. I'm going to give my all. That's what I did. And then we happened to go to a, a conference uh, in, in Canada. And there was a prophet there ministering to a lot of different ministers and pastors all over the nation. And this prophet called me up. Said, the Lord wants you to minister to these. I go straight down the line. I'm prophesying to every single one of them. I finish. I go sit in my seat. And the Lord said, see, you just prophesied to all the nations. And I did it in one night. Put your trust in me. I go, I started crying back there in the seat. I said, what? Forgive me. So when I first got saved, I didn't care what it was. The truth was, anything they asked me to do, I did it. Pastor came out and said, would you, uh, would you teach the little kids? I said, absolutely. Don't you need to pray about it? No, I'll do anything for Jesus. Anything. Well, we need a basketball league. Uh, nobody else will do it. Will you do it? I'll do it. Did <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do the league. We need a referee. Oh, boy. I'll do it. Never seen so many fights and crazy things in the Christian basketball league in my life. You would have thought it was for the NBA championship. I've never seen. So, oh, Lord. Thank God for deliverance when that season was over. I'm serious. That was, wow. Man. And I knew most of these guys and, and, and loved them and everything. They go, man, ref, what's wrong with you? This is Bob here. Come on, man. Hey, a little break here. Besides that, you fouled him. <laughs> Let's say I, I gave it to the Lord. I stopped complaining and gave it to him. And then doors opened up. All of a sudden, people are asking me to come preach. Never asked or asked them to have me or anything. It just opened up. I'm going here and there. And thought, I'm going to have a traveling ministry. This is fun. You just get to go in and just give it to me. Then you leave town. Let the pastor clean up the mess. This is great. This is wonderful. Lord said, hey. Got a little phone call. We want you to come preach. And I had inside of me, stirring and leaping for three days. Didn't get to pray. Didn't get to pray. I was going to pray about it, but inside I'm just stirring and burning, and, and my heart is leaping for three solid days. So I don't even need to pray. And then I, I told Ellen, and she goes, the Lord's already shown me. I said, what? I said, this is you, girl? 
He told me you didn't want to do this because you've seen the way things go. <laughs> he said, I can't help it. I saw it. He said, oh, Lordy. Man, God, you're something else. So when we give it to him, cast the care, give it to him, he'll take it. No man can stop your destiny. No person can stop your purpose. When you put in the hands of God, he said, I will exalt you. I will lift you up. I will elevate you. I will lift you out of the situation under the mighty hand of God. Not the weak hand of God. Not the powerless hand of God. But the mighty hand of God, I will exalt you and lift you up. Put your trust in me. Depend upon me. Nothing's too hard for me. This is awesome. I can be carefree. I just, you can just trust him and let him do it. Let him do the, care, the heavy lifting. Can't I complain a little bit? No. Don't complain. Say, God, you got me. I'm in your hands. God wants to elevate us. Lift us up out every situation. This is a true act of humility when we cast our cares upon Him. A peace comes. When we left Rob at Christ for the Nations, he's up on the second floor, biggest smile, waving bye to us, and it was already starting to flow then. I had to get around the corner because I couldn't see the drive. And we're both just there. Tell you what a sight we are. You know, people driving by. It's going to town. Took us. I mean, we had to pray all the way back on. Lord, we put Rob in your hands. Take care of him, Lord. And the Lord's going, I got him. I'll take care of him better than you do. I love him more than you do. And you, and you do that, and you, you trust, and you give it to Him. But you do it for every area of your life. That, that child that you're believing for, that he's acting like a heathen, you know you can pray, and you can put pressure on him to accept the Lord. By praying, you can be all nice. You don't have to preach to him every time you get together for a holiday. And you do your long prayer that has the whole gospel in it. <laughs> I used to do that around the house. Ellen and the boys would just start laughing. I look, oh, they're eating. I said, oh, forgive me. And you try and do it. There's that one that's at the... <laughs> Thanksgiving that you've been praying for, you want to reach them, you're going to take it on yourself. Right now, you're going to unload everything. God hadn't told you to do it or anything. And whoever's at the table, sorry. And I remember my aunt there, and I, I did it. Man, I laid down a prayer. I was refreshed and edified after I finished. <laughs> I was the only one. Everybody else was looking at me like they were ready not, they were hungry. 
I was too, but I was doing the Lord's work. That's the problem. I need to let the Lord do the Lord's work. Let Him take care of it. <laughs> How many have seen War Room? We, we went to see it um, when we, Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> Great movie. Perfect example. Let God fight the battle. Prayer. Recommend it. Go, go see it. Let's look back at 1 Peter 5. It said, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So we serve him. We choose his mighty hand. It's a choice that we make. Worry does not empty tomorrow's problems. It just empties today's strength. Read that again. Worry does not empty tomorrow's problems. It just empties today's strength. In Mark chapter 4 verse 19 it says, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word. Or it stops the harvest. That's what worry does. It takes God out of the picture. We're not acting on the word. We're not walking in faith. And we're not receiving from God because we're not in position Position to receive for him. Uh, from him. Luke 21 verse 34. But take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. And drunkenness. And cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. Here's God once again. Saying take heed. This is, this is really a, a, a warning. You know. You must, if he's warning us. And, and telling us. That means we can avoid it. That's the reason he's telling us in the first place. But he says here. Let your hearts, lest your hearts be weighed down, weighed down. Or uh, you look it up, it means dulled. You lose your sensitivity. But it's interesting to where he puts cares of life, he puts it in with carousing. Carousing means the giddiness caused by drinking too much alcohol and the headache that results from it. And then drunkenness means condition of being intoxicated. And then he talks about the cares of life. He puts it in the same context. Why? Because being drunk dulls your understanding, dulls your perception. You're not sharp. You're, you're slow. It affects you, affects those around you. But he's saying the cares of this life, you can be drunk on the cares of this life and your heart can be weighed down and you can be dulled. Cares of this life, actually, anything in your daily life that pops up, your automobile breaks down, or you got to pay these bills, or you got to talk to this person, or you got to forgive this person, whatever it is, all those cares of this life are, are in this. You can get so wrapped up in your own world, your own life, that your heart gets weighed down. You get overwhelmed, you're not hearing from God. He puts us in the, you in the same boat as drunkenness. Now here's the thing here I want you to see. It says, and that day come on you unexpectedly. When we had 9-11 and those twin towers came down, there was a lot of testimonies where God 
protected people, protected Christians. They were told not to go to work that day. There's a, a lot of them. Or there would be those that felt led to get some coffee. And so, well, I'm going to be late, but they felt led to get coffee. They thought they were maybe witness to someone there or whatever. Now, here's the question. Was God a respecter of persons, or did he just happen to love those kids more than others? Or could it be that they were, that God was speaking to them, but their heart was weighed down, they were dull, they were insensitive to the voice of the Spirit, and didn't hear, or just superseded it and said, that's not God. So they didn't hear. That's why he's saying that that day approaching the coming of the Lord, there'll be those that are dulled, the way down, they're just doing their own thing. And they're drunk on cares. And they've left God out. And they don't hear. And there's different levels, but not hearing from God in this day and time could be life or death. We need to hear from Him. When he says not to turn and go down this way, you don't go. When he says don't go to the movie, but God, this is war room. It's a Christian movie. When he says don't go, stay at home, go tomorrow, you go the next day or whatever. Because it's life or death. It's the days that we're living in. So it's important that we not become weighed down, but we cast our cares upon the Lord and we keep hearing from Him. Now, when I talk about weighing down and these cares and depressions part of that, and this isn't, you know, against, you know, anyone, but that depression, you need to, as soon as it hits, recognize it and change your thoughts. Doctors have, have noticed that if you can change your thought patterns... Or even change your environment. That that thing can snap. But I believe God wants us to think about him. And change our focus. Whatever we're focusing on. And I know there can be other things. Physical things in there. But I, I believe that God can heal. And bring wholeness to every aspect of our being. Depression can also be a, a spirit it says the spirit of heaviness. What do you do? You put on the garment of praise. You force yourself to start worshiping. Get some praise music on. Turn off the news and put on some praise music. You know what it does for you? It lifts you. Because you're lifting all the cares. You're not, the circumstance might be bad, but I'm going to praise my God. I'm going to worship my God. And you start getting elevated. You start getting lifted up above the situation. You feel good. You come to church and the praise and worship's awesome. And you start, man, that thing I'm facing seems small. Seems small. Because God, his mighty arm has lifted me up. He's lifting me out of this thing. And you don't have to just praise and worship in this place. You can do it when you go out through these walls. When you get in your car. You can videotape, DVR that football game and just get in the praise and worship and be elevated and lifted up. That's God's will. That's God's plan. And we're going to get into this much, much deeper. But I want to pray for you 
bow your heads. If you're struggling with depression and heaviness, anxiety, fear, worry, I want to pray and believe God to break that off your life. To break that off your life. I believe through this series we're going to have a lot of people set free. Some of you just, people in your own family have said you're just a, a, a warrior. That's the way your grandma was. That's the way her mom was. And No, it doesn't have to be that way for you. God wants you to have refreshing peace. He wants you to have his peace. Set your eyes on him. That you, no one looking around, say, I want prayer for depression this morning and that heaviness and dullness. Just their hand, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Yes. See those hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. That's, that's all lift our hands now. Father, for all of these and all of us, Lord, there's temptation to get pulled into that, that fear that worry that's so prevalent in the world. But God, we choose your peace. We choose your way. So we command our emotions to be at peace. We speak and declare, we'll not be fearful, but our trust is in the Lord. And I come against a spirit of fear. I come against a spirit of heaviness and depression. And I break its power now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I break the power of the enemy over these lives. In Jesus' name. And we command depression to go, hopelessness to go, caving in, giving up. We command it to go in Jesus' name. We command that worry to leave that anxiousness, to leave that dread, to leave that frustration, to leave and to go in Jesus' name. And Father, we ask that you fill each and every vessel of your spirit. We thank you, God, for your delivering power. Your delivering power will fear not, will not be troubled, will not be anxious, will not be fretful. We'll put our trust in the living God. Give you honor, Lord. We give you praise. If you put your hands down, if today... You've never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. If I was to ask you, why would God let you into heaven? It's a perfect place. Why would he let you in? And you say, well, I hope he would. Let me tell you, hoping will not get you to heaven. Hoping you will get there will not get you to heaven. There's no place in the Bible that says, by hoping you'll get to heaven. You say, well, I believe in God. Well, the devil believes in God and he's not going to heaven. Well, I, I'm a good person. But you're not perfect. Because God's heaven is a place of perfection. But there's one who is perfect for you. That took your place. Jesus made it very plain what we need to do. What we have to do. He said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. What's that mean? It means that you surrender to Him all of your heart and all of your life. You have a relationship with Him. You live for Him. You walk with Him. You talk with Him. He is your Lord. He is the Lord of your life. He is your salvation. He is the rescuer. 
He's the one that came and paid for you to have a relationship with Him. He loves you. Now, if that's you, and you need Him today, we're going, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand up, and we'll pray together. And you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've prayed this before. But you're not walking with God. You're not in relationship with Him. You need to get right with Him. Get right today. Get right right now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is your time. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Say, that's me. We're going to pray together. And God welcomes you into the family. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's pray together. Everyone say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ who came and died for me, went to the cross for me. I receive his lordship. I surrender my life. I'll serve you, Lord, all the days of my life. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life for you. Thank you, God, for loving me so much that you died for me. You took my place. I give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You